Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 352, fresh off the, just the, just the tip, <laughs> rest series yes, that we did right. with Terry Drury, which is awesome. Glad so many people tuned in for that. Yeah, I think people really enjoyed it. We're seeing a lot of comments in the Rack Pack. That's been great. You're Tim Chelswick. I'm oh, Matt yeah, yeah, Drury. Yeah, that's right. But we have... Another more important jury, <laughs> one that kills stuff. <laughs> Mark, Mark Jury, how's it going? Hey guys, how's it going? We're okay. Not as good as you, but we're, we're good. Well, neither of us have killed anything, so we're glad to talk to somebody that has. Well, we've killed more time than anything. Man, has it been a um, a real roller coaster of a lot of hours in the stand this year for and we've killed some deer but it doesn't feel like we've seen a lot of deer in order to kill those deer so um if if people out there are and it's just an off year i agree with you i, I think it's been a, a an extremely tough year between the temperatures that have consistently been above normal mm -hmm. uh the record-breaking mass crop we have out there and the touch of EHD in pockets across much of the country. I'm hearing about it more and more, and people are still finding dead deer. I found one two or three nights ago laying there, still dying in the creek. I mean, they're dying right now. I just came out of hanging a camera 30 minutes ago and saw one that I believe is dying. Um, it got up and barely got out of there, but it was right on the water. So you add those things up, and I think it's a, a perfect recipe for – not much movement. And, and I think that's probably frustrating for a lot of people uh, when they wait all year and then you get to the rut and, and sweet November and all this, and you don't have the weather coming. You got lots of acorns. You've got EHD in certain spots and you have some long sits and that's how you got to hunt to kill them. You just got to hunt harder, longer, uh, and as much as you possibly can to finally run into one because sightings are few and far between, particularly of mature bucks. They're extremely few and far between based on everything we've seen up here. And, and we've had some luck. Uh, but if you look at what, what really happened, four of those deer we killed were all the same within an hour and a half of each other. Yeah. So the weather had to be dead perfect. And we hunted, you know, you know, the season prior to that and the season since that, we've killed one since that night. We killed the four. Uh, but it's it's just been a real challenge to actually see a mature deer on their feet and everything. The stars lined up that night and they were really moving. But it's been uh, rather subdued since then. Well, we, we definitely want to talk about that, that the big night that you guys had. Um, but I, you know, I, you're talking about just it being difficult to see deer movement. It's a real kick in the pants. <laughs> so many times I have not seen a deer from the stand, but driving out of the property, there's like, Oh, there's one. Oh, I almost hit one on the way home. Like driving home in the dark, I'm seeing them all over the place. It's kind of yeah, how the cameras are. <laughs> and the cell cams are the same. Yeah, Matt took words on my mouth. Cell, cell cams show the same thing. You know, and you look at you look at deer cast, it'll say okay to good. And that's it, really predicting the nighttime movement more so than the daylight, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just because they're so they're just in those oak, the oak trees. I mean, they're just not moving during daylight very much. Uh to get in on them is is really a challenge right now. Keep thinking of that Garth Brooks song, Papa Loved Mama. He never hit the brakes and he was shifting gears. Why I, does that make you I, think of this? Because when I see, see a deer on the road, I'm like, 
Maybe I should just hit it. Ah, well, <laughs> Bring it home. Yeah, screw it. <laughs> Get the expensive one. I got one, honey. <laughs> I think my wife would be happy. <laughs> like, can you stop now? Are you now? done now? <laughs> so, uh, Mark, you you talked about it a little bit. I want to dive into that night. So, it was it was October 28th. It was the Hunter's Moon. And, you know, we had a little bit of luck that day at Terry's. And uh, Cameron killed his first buck that morning. Yes. And then... Forrest and Terry went out, Scott and I went out, and then you, you had Dustin Lynch out, Taylor out, yourself out, and am I missing one? One more, right? Carson and Bryce were out. Carson and Bryce, right. Yeah, so take us take us through this. This is incredible. So, well, we had five crews and four of the five killed, mm. and you guys killed two at Terry's that same day. So we killed six all on the same day. And I drew my bow back on one. I, I should have had one dead. I drew back two, three times on one that night. So we could have had more. It was a crazy night for everybody. Great encounters for everyone. It was, it was insane. And it was that big cold front. The first cold air was hitting us that day and blowing really hard out of the North Northeast. And I mean, they absolutely rocked it that night. Everything was moving. So, uh, and then it, it went back to warm after it was cold for a few days there and they moved. Okay. But not what I expected to see for the 30th and 31st, certainly. Um, it was, everything's been just not as good as you'd hoped or not as good as you, as you expected. And I started talking about this up here in early October. We kept saying, well, it's going to get better. And, and I, I felt like there was enough VHD and there was enough sick deer. They were acting weird then. And I said, I don't know that this year is going to get much better. Mm. Uh, and it's held true. And now you look at our forecast, we've got a miniature front coming in here for the latter part of this week. And then, uh, opening day of gun season in many, many states, including Missouri, this coming Saturday. However, the cold front just gets us to normal temperatures to slightly above normal. Yeah. So it, is it really a cold front? I mean, it's really just getting us to norm and barely above. So uh, however, the pressure is quite high. So I do like that. I think it'll be good uh, through about the 12th or 13th. Then it warms right back up again. So lockdown could be really, really challenging this year. I'm so depressed. <laughs> and that's that's uh, right there through the thick yeah. of the Missouri gun season. And I don't know, that period, it's interesting because a deer, usually you see some off the wall, like midday movement anyways during mm. that period. But with the temperatures, I feel like the last couple of years, it's kind of been that way. Like we, we talked about it with Terry on the rut series that I, I mentioned, hey, this is going to be great because through the rut here, we're going to actually have cold temperatures. Well, they were cold for like the front end of it. And then it it reversed course there and it's got, it's 80 degrees. It's crazy. So when you get back to mm. these kind of average temperatures and you, you look at the mornings and the mornings are decent in the thirties, you know, it's okay. Well, that midday movement when it's kind of getting to the fifties, will they still kind of do what they always do and run across the fields and chase and all that stuff? Or will that be subdued? Do you think? I think it'll be subdued because you're also going into darker moon here. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so there's another, uh, you know, factor that I think will slow them down. So I think when we get in those high sixties there in the middle part of the week, she's going to be pretty tough because you're hitting darker moon, you're hitting lockdown and you're hitting what 13, 15 degrees above normal. I mean, it, I, to me, that's a first hour, last hour type of, of movement, but you get the occasional buck that is freed up and will walk at 10 o'clock. Right. So, but it's, it's not a lot of the deer. It's a few of the deer. So it's extremely challenging to hunt. And it, it goes back to what I was saying at the front end of this. And I don't want to sound like Mr. Pessimistic, but I think in order to succeed this year, people are going to have to hunt 
harder and longer than they have in years past. So I, I think you've just got to spend as much time in the woods and in a stand as you possibly can and just kind of reset the expectation. You know what? I may not see a lot of deer, but if I'm going to see the right deer, I'm only going to do it through time spent in the woods. So Mark, do you, you know, as, as you think about someone trying to allocate the, their time they're spending in like, maybe someone doesn't have all day. Do they kind of default back to first light, last light hunting if, if they have to choose? Certainly, and I believe it'd be first light if you could choose one or I mean, if you had to choose one period during the day, it's the first two or three hours to me. That's the coolest period. Uh, I love the morning hunting for the rut anyway. Afternoons are oftentimes one to like four o'clock. But if you add that heat and dark moon to that, it may not be there very well for you this year. I mean, it, it might be. I hope it will. I'll be out there, but it won't surprise me if they don't move very well in the, in the afternoons. So in this scenario where typically we see, you know, we're sitting, you know, we, we in the middays are typically on food plots and stuff during this period. Like we're sitting in a box blind. We can see a lot of food, right? And um, you, you kind of catch something cruising across. So this year it might be different. Does that change your strategy and make you go more into the timber and sit those middays and just kind of you're in tight on the acorns and you know, where the deer are at, are you kind of holding, holding to that cover throughout the day more or what's your strategy? Exactly. I think you'd have to push closer to the bed than ever before or be in it uh, close to acorns. I mean, where we are succeeding the most and where we're seeing the most deer is cover either a food plot next to cover or in the cover where there's a tremendous amount of acorns. I mean, it's literally like marbles up here. I don't know what it's like for you guys down there, but they, they don't have to move very far to find food. I mean, they're just, they're just not moving. Yeah. 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 Mark does, uh, the, the importance of water change at all right now with the temperatures being the way they are. Absolutely. You betcha. You know, and there's not a lot of water sources out there right now. So the ponds we have and the creeks we have that still have water, that's also where we're finding a lot of deer. So that's a great point, Tim. I'm glad you brought that up. The I, I've never seen this on the bourbon property. I always talk about and I never kill at. I saw a <laughs> I got buck, a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, an actual shooter buck come out and hit one of the cattle watering like wells. I'd never seen that before, and. It just makes you wonder if, if maybe it's a, di a little different scenario. They don't have as much free water around that they used to. No doubt. It's dry, dry. It's as dry as I've ever seen it. And I think that's why the EHD is, is so bad. Are you hearing reports of it down there around St. Louis or how is it down there? I just heard a week ago about a bunch of EHD hitting around my new property. Um, I haven't, I have seen that the, the general buck numbers seem to be a little bit down bit compared to what I had when I first put cameras out in February and, and March when I bought it and what I'm seeing now, it just doesn't, doesn't quite line up. And then I had heard that just North of me, they had found 14. Um, and then a neighbor close to me was saying like, he was, it smelled so bad. He couldn't hardly, you know, go out to his barns and stuff. So, um, I haven't really seen that as much, but we also haven't been there a lot. You know, we've been monitoring on cameras and it's just been okay. So that, that I've, yeah, I think, I think I kind of got hit there, but outside of that, I haven't heard about it. in like St. Louis. Necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've not heard any more reports. So <clears throat> around here, I thought 2012, 98 was the worst outbreak I'd ever seen. And, and then 2012 was catastrophic as well. Not as bad as 98, but 2012 was really bad. And I personally believe we are in that realm 
and heading for worse than 12 based on what I've seen up here. It's bad. It's really bad. So, you know, it's super pockety. So that's certainly affecting what you guys, the results and kind of what you're seeing. And how does that affect like what mature bucks are left and, and them going to find the first available doe, like, does that affect any of that kind of stuff? Like their typical activity, if there's not a lot of competition or how, how does that play into it? Well, I think in these die-offs, especially when the um, die-off between bucks and does is, is offset or unequal, you then have fewer bucks trying to breed more does and therefore the rut will kill a bunch as well. You know, especially if they're already kind of sick, then the rut takes its toll when winter hits. Now, what I've noticed this year, my doe population is just as bad as the buck population. To me, this EHD is hitting everything best, best of what I can tell from what I see on my cameras. So it may have actually balanced it out a little bit. Um, And the silver lining will be, you know, in three or four or five years, we'll have some giants running around. But, boy, it's tough to go through yet another one of these die-offs. I'm telling you, it's it's been... uh, really uh, disheartening up here. And of course, back in 98, when that happened, and then in like 06 or 07, I kind of shifted gears a little bit. And I tried to expect, because it is pocketing, mm-hmm. to your point, I tried to have more satellite farms. So that's the only thing keeping us in the game is the fact that we do have some populations that seem unaffected, uh, but we have a, a great many that that are affected. So we're being very careful in terms of harvest there. We're trying to stick to deer that are at a minimum five and a half and we're really trying to target on, on sixes and sevens if we know of them um so we'll see how the year finishes out but uh she's been a been a tough one thus far and, and the deer that i know there's deer that are still alive they're just not moving mm-hmm. i mean they're they're either eating acorns or sick and 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 not moving i, th- I think they're sick personally has that changed your I, I know like you guys in general terry's the same way strategy is very uh, predominantly based around a food plot architecture and getting close to bedding. You guys get super close to the bedrooms with your food plots. But that being said, are you getting into the timber at all here? Or like, how, how are you adjusting? Uh, absolutely. We just finished hanging a set on top of a ridge that I haven't hunted. in. oh my goodness. I'll bet before Wade was here. So 13, 14 years. Mm. And it's just, uh, we're just trying to get back in the bedroom more on some of these spots that historically were quite good. And we've, we've hung a couple sets actually this week. So hopefully that, that pays off. We're going to, we're going to possibly hunt that one in the morning. Mark, I, I, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but just among some of the guys I'm talking to in my personal experience right now is I'm not seeing scrapes like historically where I've seen scrapes before. They're not, they're not there this year. And I'm just having a hard time finding the numbers that I normally do. And I don't think a whole lot has happened. Like I haven't lost a whole lot of deer. It's just, I'm not seeing the scrapes that I used to. I'm hearing that a lot too. Same. I think they're sick. They're not moving. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. I've seen some bucks that just don't even look good. We had one come out the other night for Perry and Ellie and Coondog. And he walked out in the plot. He he rebedded like five times while he was out in the plot. You know, this, this is abnormal, you know, so whatever type of VHD this is, it's killing them very slowly. And part of that slow process is they're sick and they don't feel good uh, and they're just not moving. But yeah, scraping activity is as low as it's ever been, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Same with rubs. I don't see many rubs hardly at all this year. And this is November the 8th. And I keep thinking it's, it's going to pop, but I don't think they're there to pop. 
and the ones that are don't feel like it. So um, I, I have a feeling. That's why I say I think this this die off could exceed the catastrophic die off we had in 2012. I mean, it feels so much like 12 and perhaps a little worse. It's not even funny to me. So, again, I don't want to be the doomsday guy, but if if by chance you're having great movement, that's a very positive sign. You probably don't have it in your neck of the woods. Again, it'd be a good pocket, right? But if you're experiencing the type of things we're talking about where not, not a lot of scraping, not a lot of rubbing, not seeing deer on their feet, cameras are dead other than at night, you may have it in, in your area coupled with, with the acorns and the, and the warm temps. And, you know, is it ever going to rain again? I mean, it's uh, – it's just amazing how, how rough it's been this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, if there's a deer season that you ever wanted to take off, maybe this is it. <laughs> well, that's the that's the tough part because you know, everybody's going, everybody's trying. This is the period where most of the hunters mm-hmm. are out in the yeah. woods and everybody's excited yeah. about it. And I mean, it's great. I'm seeing, you know, and and on the Facebook pages that I follow, I'm seeing success, but I, I'm not seeing a ton of mature bucks necessarily. I'm seeing a lot of three-year-old, you know, which is great. <clears throat> a lot of three-year-old, four-year-old type deer uh, and, and more of the occasional ma- really mature looking buck. Mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder sometimes is like, oh, well, you know, are they moving? Are, are they there? And if they are, are they moving daylight? <clears throat> you know, our my pictures are just predominantly all overnight, <laughs> almost all of them. It'd be worth uh, asking the question on your Facebook group page there with the Rack Pack or perhaps the comments to this YouTube version. You know, what's, what are people seeing out there? Or, uh, are you seeing similar things that we're talking about? Name the state you're at and what part of the state. Let us know if your deer are acting normal or if they're acting a little bit uh, subdued this year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so let's backtrack then. And you touched on it a little bit, but that, that night that you guys all killed and then you followed up a couple of days later and, and killed a really nice buck there in Iowa. So what, like, you know, what kind of the detail around that, the, the positive side of your season so far? Yeah, absolutely. That night was incredible. I mean, I was down in a blind that I didn't have much service uh, on. It was actually the same place where uh, I filmed Perry kill that big eight earlier in the year. Um, in Missouri. And that was part of a strategy because that big eight showed up and the shooter kind of disappeared. And we, you know, we were like, I wonder if he's running him, running him out of there. Now, last year they coincided there. They were both in that spot and they were both there the full fall. But as bucks age, sometimes they get a little bit more territorial. And we were like, Hey, if we get a shot at that deer tonight, Perry said, I'm going to kill it here. I was like, great. He shot the deer and the buck I was looking for still didn't show up. And then finally he did. But I called him Mr. Daylight because the previous two seasons, he'd walk out on that field almost every evening. And this year, I never had a single daylight photo of him until two nights before I killed him. And that counts summer velvet as well. He just would not daylight there. Um, and we just, I think, did they launch that? I think they launched they that did. episode. And we talk about, you know, how daylight he was and show all the footage and all the pictures. And then this year, he left me scratching my head. He just would not daylight. And uh, I got one daylight series of him. And then the night I shot him, he walked out at 515. And we had plenty of light left. So killed him. I get out, get back to the barn. Taylor surprises me, her and Perry, after me telling them about my buck. I look down and they point out the blood on her pants. So, boom, I was fired up about that. Then they break the news to me that DL had also killed. Then we get back to Iowa. Um, myself and Taylor's deer were in Missouri. So we got them in the cooler. We drive back to Iowa. 
And Carson and Bryce surprised us as well with that giant that Carson had killed. Mm-hmm. Just a big, big, beautiful deer on a farm he had just gained permission on. Gained permission, went in, put up cameras. He sent me a picture of that deer. I was like, man, you need to jump in there and kill him. And they waited till they had the right wind and, and uh, the right cold front and got that one killed. Uh, so four down in one night, just I don't ever recall that happening, you know, coupled with Cameron's deer. And forest deer, I mean, we've, we've never done six on the show 13 in one day that I can recall. Maybe, we, maybe we've killed two or three late season up here, but I don't recall that that kind of a day. Or maybe rifle season we've killed a few, but it was pretty pretty special and pretty incredible. So we celebrated into the night that <laughs> night. Uh, that was a fun celebration. And then uh, the deer that I shot, the other deer that I shot in Iowa was a few nights ago. That was on the 5th. Mm-hmm. And that was a deer that was on that farm last year and he hadn't shown back up this year yet. And all of a sudden on November 1st or 2nd, he showed back up and man, he he had blown. And, and that farm is an exception to the rest of our farms. Like our pictures are daylight there. There's quite a bit of movement. There's not a lot of deer there, but the ones that are there are moving. And it's also the farm where Wade had killed uh, Shatterbrains, mm-hmm. the mid 170s. Mm-hmm. So we had been hunting a deer or two up here where i where I live, where I'm sitting right now, and we couldn't run into them. I mean, they were dark, 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 and a couple of them went MIA, and we're just banging our head against the wall. We'd seen some nice deer, but we weren't weren't finding the normal deer. And Wade's like, man, why don't we shift shift gears here a little bit and go try that deer that just showed up? I was like, that's the best idea I've heard all season. So we got in the truck. We were actually at our spot about to get out and go down in on, on this buck. I call the tumor buck that I've been hunting most of the year up here. And the farmer pulled in and was starting to hay. And we were like, and the night before we were hunting that buck and a farmer pulled in while we were sitting there and started spreading fertilizer and manure on his fields. He cleared our field three times. Then that night he starts to hay. And we were like, we're not doing this again. So we just, we left, we made a big play, drove 35 minutes to the South, literally got out of the truck, ran in the blind. Got in, closed the door, and within, I'm talking a minute, two deer walked onto the yes. field. Like, we just made it in time. Wow. And uh, we sat down, got settled in, and um, I think we shot the fifth buck we saw that night. They really moved well, and that was him. Nice. Uh, now, he came in and left three different times. The footage is just incredible. It's breathtaking. He's such a big frame, giant Iowa deer. He kept running does all over this big pasture we could see. and then finally with just a few minutes to spare, he came down and, and gave me a, a 38 yard shot. Nice. You're that big. Like he's galloping, you know, he's just like loping around. You can tell he's a big animal. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see him coming over that hill so many times. Well, I, I was, I mean, obviously I, I knew the deer was killed. That's why it was a journal post, but like how many times do deer hang up just out of range with a minute or two of daylight? He, he was so close to, to being oh. safe there. It was just unreal how they just, they know, like they can count you down almost. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and he was around us all evening. I mean, that guy just kept coming in and kept coming in and, and uh, I almost shot him about, I don't know, a few minutes prior to that at 50. And I was like, that's an ill advised shot. I'm not doing that. And then when he came back into the plot that last time, I was like, you know, I didn't even range him. I just guessed it. 
and uh, luckily, I guess, correctly. How do you continue to keep your composure then when you your target's out there and he's kind of running all over the place? And so you got it's not it's one thing for them to kind of surprise you and it happens quick. It's another thing when you have time to mm-hmm. calculate and do you go through kind of a roller coaster of emotions where it's excitement, then calm, and then excitement, and then you're planning ahead? Like if he goes here, I'm ranged it, I range this, or like take us through that the mental side of that night once the deer first comes out you know I, 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 it's really a focus issue for me like i was bound and determined to get a shot at that deer because he had been on us for so long it's kind of like that turkey that hangs up won't come in and you're like man if it was very similar to a turkey that wouldn't finish and uh man if he comes in if he gets to that spot i know i can get a shot and that, that's kind of the way the deer was and um once he got there i, I don't know it was focus and instinct i guess i mean I drew back and I had him shot within seconds, you know, I tried to stop him and then I had to scoot just a little bit as he was going to the right. And and then Wade stopped him, not knowing if he was in my window or not. And then I, I scooted a little bit more and got to him uh-huh. and, uh, and made the shot. Nice. It was a good shot. I, I love, I love watching shot placement, especially when they're, <laughs> they're perfect like that. It's just yeah. beautiful. It is nice. And then, then he runs off with the glowing knock in him, which is even better. Yeah. He did. He ran about a hundred, hundred twenty-five, and blood trail that wide, you know. And, and uh, it was a short track, short track job to where he, to where he died there. So it was. Uh, he actually went through a giant creek and came up just on the other side, and then and then died right on that top. So um, which actually made it easier for us because the crossing's easy to get to him. So uh, it was it was a fun track job and. Uh, luckily an easy retrieve two two things to mention real quick going back a little bit carson's deer if someone hasn't seen that yet go check it out on our youtube channel or in Deercast. it's the dream season uh live episode four i think it's one of the it will be one of the coolest hunts uh, all year for sure but it may be one of the coolest hunts we've ever had of that deer running in snort weed them in yeah. Big frame also running off the hill. That was awesome. And then, awesome. and then the other one is Taylor's deer, just the character. How old was that deer? The character and the mass on that deer is insane. Well, that was, that was a new farm for us uh, that we purchased this year. I actually sold some dirt in Iowa as did DL. And we went in and purchased this 334 acres. He purchased the North and I purchased the South at an auction. And uh, we knew the, the previous owner. And uh, they told us about this old deer that they could never kill. Mm. And I got pictures of this deer and I sent it to him. And I said, do you know this guy? And they were like, yeah, that deer used to be 160 inch 10 point mm. his whole life. And he's slowly but surely going downhill. We think he's nine and a half or 10 and a half. And they said, he, he just wouldn't daylight for us. We never could get him killed. We tried and tried and couldn't do it. They said, he's literally impossible to kill. So we nicknamed him impossible. And I think because of his age, he probably got a little bit um, more sloppy than when they were hunting him because they're they're great hunters. I mean, um, so we got we got lucky that he got a little sloppy and he started food plotting every night mm-hmm. on a big green field that we tucked in that was not there previously. We put it in inside the cover and it's surrounded by acorns. And I'm so glad we decided to put it there uh, because he was daylighting there and another plot and that night that she was there she saw the biggest deer on the farm and then she saw the oldest deer on the farm so that's how good that evening was 
they both daylighted there, but she saw the biggest deer after she had already shot this one. Hmm. So it was a, it was quite a sit for her and, and very exciting. Is she going back in there for gun season? <laughs> Sounds like a good I, spot to go. <laughs> I think it'll be tough to pull her, pull her out of that. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see if she goes there. Bruce is in as well. So yeah. he may be sitting on that top. It's a beautiful spot, man. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. That such a fun, that's just a, such a fun night. I, I said leading into it, I felt like it was going to be the best part of the season was that like three or four day stretch just, I, and I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be 80 and, and 75 and stuff like that yeah, this week, I, I this first ahead. week in November. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I felt like that was going to be the best period of the year unless we get extremely cold temperatures late season and you got like a late season food source. And I think, likely that's going to go down for the season as the best three or four days of the entire year, just based on the moon conditions, the pressure, the temperatures, like it was a perfect storm, really. It was, it all lined up. And I thought the same as well ahead of it. I said, this will be the best three or four days we have. And, yeah. and it, uh, it was certainly the best day on the 28th. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Yeah. So much fun. It's uh it's fun, but this year she's a little bit of a grind. I'll tell you, we're uh, we're putting the hours in up here. I mean, I, I haven't hunted this many mornings in, in a lot of years, and sat midday. And yeah. I mean, we're just we're just grinding it as hard as we can to run into these deer. And so many hours of nothing moving. Yes. I mean, nothing. No does. No small bat. No small bucks. It's 2012 all over. Well, and the, the other thing, I, I had a buddy shot a deer in Illinois last night and uh, wasn't able to find him. And he thinks he hit him a little bit back. I was like, man, with the heat and everything, even if you find him, like your window of being able to recover the meat is just so small right yeah. now. Yeah, it's like early is, season. I mean, it's it's like hunting uh, September. Uh, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah I, I was out in my early season gear Sunday afternoon and it felt like an early season hunt, except for the woods are orange and yellow all around. <laughs> it's just such a weird vibe. Yeah. And if you think about rifle season, many camps uh, depend on the weather to hang their meat for the week. Sure. Yeah. And that that's out the window this week. Right. So people have to be ready to field dress them and get them to a locker or a cooler. If you have access to one, because they're not going to last not long. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to change the way a lot of camps have to operate. Yeah, a lot sure. of people, you know, they got the the pole and everybody's hanging them up, and they're they're just hanging there for. Mm -hmm. So we better have some ice, you know, some coolers full of ice, just be be prepared. Uh, yeah, it, it's not going to be a pleasurable week. I mean, the first first two or three days are going to be great. I think eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. I think it's going to be wonderful. I think this, you know, I don't know when this one is airing, but tomorrow and Friday should be really, really good. Yeah, if you still have an archery tag leading leading into we're talk we're focusing Missouri here, but there's several other states I think come in this weekend as well for firearm season. So, anyways, these next couple of days should be great, you know, across the board because most of the Midwest I think would be in the same mm -hmm. and the South would be in the same yeah. boat. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, all right. Real, I'm gonna jump over to that real wild clip. Let's see it. Let's, Let's see. do it. All right. It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties from Scent Elimination Sprays, which you're going to need in the heat, to the DOD Signature Series of Deer Calls. HS has everything you need for your hunt. Mark, have you guys done much in the way of calling or rattling here this past week? I have. I had a big one come in a couple, three different times, and I couldn't get him killed. He kept coming into the backside of my tree. He was with a, 
with a he was tending a doe and another sign where he didn't look good. Like she was on her feet and he kept bedding down. Weird. And we watched him for 30 minutes within 40 yards. And I couldn't shoot that deer. I tried as hard as I could to get around that tree on both sides. And luckily we had a lot of wind speed. So I was able to get by with murder and I just could not get him. And he, he'd fade off a little bit and I'd run him back or snort wheezing back, but he never would come in my lane. I come to full draw on him twice and did not get him shot. But yeah, absolutely. I, I love that call. And I, I, I called it another deer the other day and stopped him and I used a rack jack and he turned like he was going to come. And then he went running back to his doe. So um, yeah, I've been, I've been using them. I love that rack jack, man. It's so compact and it's easy to take. And it, it sounds like two deer fighting, man. I really like it. It's much yeah. easier and much safer than rattling antlers. Yeah, no doubt. So how aggressive were you getting on the deer that was kind of close to you that you drew on a couple of times? How aggressive with the calling or the snort wheeze, like pretty loud or with, with, the no, I was trying head? to do it real soft because he was, he was right there with us in the grass and I was just trying to pull him out of the grass, to get him into our lane. So I was doing it and I was turning my head, you know, and, and trying not to, not to let him know where it was coming from, but had him fooled, but he just wouldn't, wouldn't come down there. He wouldn't leave that doe. Mm. And ultimately they, they ran off together. He went chasing her, you know. Are you seeing that the, the first does, like, I feel like the, the most mature bucks have gotten with them a couple of days ago and they, they, would they about be freeing up about this weekend? The first, the, the ones that first, the, the first available does and the mature bucks that got on them Would those mature bucks be starting to find the next doe yet or no? I think so. You know, that bell curve occurs and there's a lot of bucks that get sucked into one or two does or a few does, call it 10, 15 percent of the herd come in. Mm -hmm. And then as we start to reach peak estrus around the 14th, there's a bunch of them that are starting to pop. And I think that's what causes that frenzy. You see 10, 11, 12 Veterans Day is always like generally all day movement, which is opening day this year. I, I really feel like 10th and 11th could be two of the premier days this year for the overall rut. Perfect. I hijacked the real wild clip. Sorry. We'll still do it. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> what do we have? All right. Let's take a look here. Whoa. Oh. We, we got two bull elks. They're tangled up together and they got a tree separating them. And there's a guy trying to uh, horse them apart and they're just locked. And now he's got help. I saw this on Instagram. It's crazy. That is nuts. You got to be pretty brave to go. It's it's. It, I always felt like you guys are crazy when you went to unlock like big bucks, but that's like next level. To kill you. <laughs> yeah, big big animal. There they go. He got them loose. And oh man, good both, for those guys. They're, they're both like, about. what just happened? He's dizzy. Man, oh. that is quite a find for footage. I credit those guys for producing it, and credit the team for bringing that one to this podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <clears throat> it. It kind of sh it shows like the conservation mindedness of hunters that if they're really the bloodthirsty killers that they're often portrayed to be, you got two right. There. Yeah, it's like <laughs> why aren't they killing them? But they care about the resource and the animals. Yeah, huh. no doubt. Wow, pretty crazy, pretty wild. I don't know. What would you do in that situation? I I would try to help, but I'd Call be scared. I'd be scared to death the whole time. <laughs> they can smell your fear. Uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> well, that animal, I mean, a white tail could kill you, but that one could kill you quick. That's I mean, what I'm that's saying. Like, those are big animals. Like, they get, they come after you, you know, you don't have much, you can't put up much of a fight. <laughs> it's not like you could hide behind much there, mm -mm. the way that the, the trees and stuff look. No, 
The people could say you died doing what you loved. Not really. <laughs> Freeing, helpless. I had, I could think of a billion other ways to die <laughs> that I'd be happier with. Choking on a donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on the list. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the question of the day. So the question of the day is probably brought to you by Cold Steel Professional Blades for Real Hunters. And we actually have an audio version today. From Nick. Nick Fox. Hi, Matt and Tim. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm from Midwestern Wisconsin. Um, I'm married Wisconsin. with four boys and a baby girl. Uh, boys' ages range from 15, 9, 8, and 4. Uh, baby girl is 2. Ugh. All of which have... <laughs> Um, showed a great interest in the outdoors and hunting. Um, I mean, it starts from scouting to setting stands to the harvest mm. to the track and bringing them home and processing. Um, my question is, how do I decide or manage what kid goes hunting and when, <laughs> while at the same time trying to keep it fair? Uh, any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. That's, I bet that's pretty tough. Mark, I mean, you, you had one to deal with, so it's a little different, but what are your thoughts before we jump into it? You know, I would probably make that as much of a family affair as possible as often as I could. In other words, I would try to take more than one at a time if the stands allowed for it or if they had a safe position to go do so. And if that didn't happen, then I'd probably be some merit-based system. So in other words, the more effort they give around the house and grades and so on and so forth, they're, they're earning their way to go hunting with dad. You know, it definitely would be merit-based in, in my household, but I, I'd try to take them all if I could, mm -hmm. you know, and put them to work, get them out there and get them working on stands and putting up cameras and get them in, engaged in the process. And at the very least, you just rotate, you know, go right down the line and, and, uh, and uh, start at the top or start at the bottom and work your way. Yeah. He's kind of, I think about like Steve France, Steve France is kind of in a similar situation. He's got three boys and a little girl and the three boys are all ate up with hunting and you see them all on, on uh, critical mass, you know, and he just kind of rotates them through, but his brother might take one while he's with another one or, you know, there might mm -hmm. be two in a blind with yeah. him or, you know, he's always kind of switching out. So, um, I, I find that, that neat how he's always taking his kids hunting, but I could see where that's a challenge. I mean, you know, you got a couple that are interested, you want to give them undivided attention, like one-on-one -on -one time, but, uh, the seasons, it's not like it lasts all year. So you kind of got a short and sweet uh -huh. part of the year to go. So like you, Mark, I think I'd try to take as many as I could at once. It's sitting in a ground blind or sitting in a box mm -hmm. blind, if you can, homemade blind or a two person, you know, ladder stand or some, something like that, you know, mm -hmm. to get, to get as many out as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm picking my favorite and putting my, all my chips in that basket <laughs> and uh, just see how it works. So you just go with yourself. I do enjoy my own company very much. So yeah, well, my, my Lola, she like cries and says I, she wants to go. I invited her twice this year and she's when it like, comes, yeah. when it comes time to actually go, it's yeah, a different story. I, and I had never invited her until this year. Cause she's just wild and crazy. And I was like, all right, you want to come with me? The temperature was good and all that. And, and she's like, Oh, hmm. I don't know. Maybe next time. I like Dad. the idea of okay. it more than the actual <laughs> yeah. actuality I, of it. I was telling Tim um, about Cameron's hunt a little bit. And so Cameron, I think the best win here, because he's not necessarily ate up with it. He's interested in it. And I'm trying not to push 
too much because I just want him to enjoy it, you know? So when he went home, my mom, my mom came up to deer camp and she was hanging out a little bit and she took Cameron home the next day after he killed. So I could stay and continue to hunt that good period we've been talking about. So Miranda told me that when he got home, she was asking him about the hunt and his experience. And she said something like, well, you did it now. You don't, you know, you don't have to go do it again. You proved you could do it behind you. And he said that he, he wants to go do it again. So I thought I got, I got to win. That's (laughs) That's a win. That's definitely a win. And he he should talk him into bringing, have mom come with. I don't know. She went once with me when we were dating and she pretty much said she's not doing it. Check that box. I told her to stop moving and I could see the glare in her eyes. (laughs) This is actually a funny story. Marco appreciated it because John Williams was filming us. We're at Terry's and John Williams is a longtime jury outdoors team member. And he's uh, at the time he was a retired principal. He's he's he was probably I'd say in his 60s, you know, maybe maybe late 60s. Well, anyways, John was basically hanging out the window, moving deer were out and he's just moving and filming. And I'm not going to tell John Williams to stop yeah, moving. He's, he's your elder. Yeah. I'm not going to be disrespectful, but Miranda was sitting next to me and she'd move a little bit. I'm like, stop moving. And, and I could see her eyes to the head and that just kind of like crinkle, like she's uh. glaring. So we, we get back to camp and after he had left, she's like, how comes that guy didn't have to stop moving? I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell him to stop moving. So that was the last time. John's went. his own man. Yeah. John's going to do what he wants. <laughs> so <laughs> set the tone for the whole marriage, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's not been interested since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right. The wildlife word this week is made possible by tracker off road. See Kevin Van Dam killed a nice buck there in Michigan through his buck in the back is back of his tracker. He, he did. I just saw something on uh, his Instagram stories. He attached a huge leaf blower to the front of his tracker and his son, Nick was blowing the leaves off of the path into his stand with that leaf blower. So he had it attached to the front of the tracker and he was just driving it in with the leaf blower on, but I'm talking like a massive leaf blower and it was, he basically blew the whole path out, all the leaves out on his way into the stand. I've never seen I don't know that I would have done the the noise. Like I was thinking like, that's a lot of noise, but maybe it doesn't matter if you're already have the noise of the 800 and the side by side or whatever. But I did think like that was pretty, a pretty good trick to just do it very quickly. But that was just a couple days ago. I saw that. Brilliant. I wonder if he hunted that same stand and killed his buck. This was after. So. Okay. Yeah. Huh? Okay. So, um, Whitetail bucks may travel up to six miles during this time of year. Is it A, the rut, B, Black Friday, C, the summer solstice, or D, garage sale season? I feel like you're not trying anymore. I struggled with this one. (laughs) Mark, what do you think it is? I'm going to go... I'm going to say rut. <laughs> yes. Same. Can I go out on a limb there? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking summer yeah. uh, solstice. But I should have just apologized for this one before we even started it. You, instead of giving us options, you just should just say the answer. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the rut. The rut. All right. There we go. That's a long way to go. Six, Six miles, miles is a long way yeah. to go. I bet they don't this year. <laughs> yeah. No. Although you do wonder, you know, and I, I follow like the, was it the, 
NDA, National Deer Association mm -hmm. or Alliance, National Deer Alliance, I think. Anyways, I follow their page and you, you see some of these studies and you're like, geez, how are they moving this far? You know, like you see deer disappear on your place and you wonder what the hell happened to them. <laughs> They're out touring. They, they, they basically, that's what I just watched an Instagram story about this where I forget what he called it, but he basically said they always do come back. The problem is they might get killed before they come back to their home range. It is a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, this year you'll be sitting in your stand going, I haven't had a picture in a week. Is yeah. he dead in HD? Is he on a walkabout? Is he locked oh. down with a doe? You know, there's a lot of where is he at? going on this year and you, you really it's it's hard to hard to anticipate what the heck's going on out there other than it's it's tough it's i know tough. what they called it an expedition i think it was like oh. his name was matt ross maybe huh. does that sound familiar anyways okay. i think he called it their expedition kind of a walkabout right and he said they'll come was, back to their I mean, range but uh i always say walkabout and likewise you can pick up a new buck yeah you know we had a giant cruise through here oh 190 inch deer hmm. one night Big, big buck, and he hadn't been back. So I'm like, well, is he going to go on another walkabout here during the rut? Did he die of EHD, or where did he even come from? But it was it was the best year I've had a picture of all year, but he was here one night, that was it. And that's always so exciting. You're like, oh, look at this. You, you always see guys like, I got this picture of this deer once in October. And, and he's like, gone. It's like, well... You know, it could randomly pop back up, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it is kind of hopes on it, it is kind of random, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is random. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. At that point in October, that night, there were four different bucks that I thought were 180 or better on this farm that I'm sitting on right now. Holy cow! And right now, I would say that number is zero. Ooh, it's like where they go, <laughs> and yeah. And and you're right. It could they could be locked down with a doe on the next farm over on your farm, just not moving. They've been they've been gone for quite a while though. These uh, damn items. Well, so these yes. are. Have you talked to Chris Duncan? You know what's going on around his farm. It's 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 horrible over there. I mean, just horrible. He uh he sent me a picture yesterday. His neighbor doesn't have a very big piece of property, and his neighbor went on a walk. Check this out. Small piece of property went on a walk. Oh, oh no! All those. Holy yep. heck. Some really good deer in there too. Oh my God. So if you just how listening, many are Mark in that is showing us a picture of, I don't know how many One, two, buck three, skulls. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Ten? I didn't count it. It was too many. Wow. But, and then Chris had found one yesterday in addition to those laying there dead. And the sad part is they're still dying. <laughs> And that's your whole herd. I mean, that's that'll take years to get back. Yeah. Four, four five like years. He's, he's lost well over 60%. Oh, my. Ouch. And that's the same number that I'm, I'm at, like, I believe it's 50, 60% that we've lost. That's my guess. And everybody around here calls me, the, you know, doomsday, the grim reaper. I'm always talking about EHD. And I'm like, well, where are they at then? <laughs> well, what about that buck? And what about that buck? Oh, yeah, those are the 30 or 40% that's still alive. Where's the 60% we had during the summer? They called you, know? you that before the season too, so I wouldn't take it personally. <laughs> the, the reality is your deer numbers, your deer density in that area in general, the neighborhood is so high, you would know based on your camera inventory. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like you kind of have it down to a science. Yeah, I mean, the cameras don't lie and we've got them in great spots, you know, historically unbelievable spots. And to Tim's point earlier, there's scrapes that aren't open and 
it's uh, like I said, it's just like 2012. But mm. We'll see how it ends up. We really won't know the true outcome and effect of this until July and August of next summer when we start taking summer inventory. We may have some inkling, but by the end of the season, when we pull our cameras down, then they've got the full winter ahead, January, February, March. Well, you're going to lose some bucks. They're going to shed their antlers, and then you're going to you're going to lose them. Like you, you watch this year, late season, there's going to be a bunch of big mature deer already shed way early, just because they're sick and and their testosterone is not going to hang in there very late. Skinny, kind of limping, hoof rot, those kind of situations. Mostly EHD. Yeah, yeah. It won't be hoof rot so much unless we get wet here but as dry as we are we won't get that but well i thought that um, was kind of part of ehd or one of the things no no they don't what is it that happens to their hoofs with ehd doesn't in there a side effect slipper hoof yeah they get very tender footed you know the bottom of their hooves get almost concave and they get very tender footed and you'd see them kind of uh tender footing their way around but hoof rot will occur when they get some sort of injury from the rut on That's their right. legs yeah. or on their foot. Then they get mud in it. And then it gets infected, swells up, and their their hooves actually almost, they dang near explode or their 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 like a legs up above their hoof, you know, just really gets big. And and uh, there's a lot of infection in there. Yeah. So that's what hoof is. That's and that, right. that can travel throughout their body and kill them too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This is kind of depressing. Yeah. depressing. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get to our shout Thanks, out. Mark. So, apologies, <laughs> uh, apologies in advance. This is one of our new Rack Pack members. I did not get his name. Um, he just joined up, but he says, "You guys are blue collar, good old boys from the heartland. You guys don't put off that you're better than your audience. You can joke and laugh about your failures. The guests you have funny. on are the same way, but when it comes down to the serious topics, you guys can educate and make it easy to understand. Well, thank you." We Appreciate love that. to be relatable. <laughs> well, if there's Quite anything, the that's what we are. <laughs> if you're struggling, tune in. You'll feel better about yourself. Mark, were you about to say something there before you, we jumped into that? Have you had a more pessimistic guest this year than me, than me today? No. No, we haven't. <laughs> no, no, I hate so. to say it, but I think it's reality. I really do. So that's why I bring it up. If people are struggling, there's probably reasons why. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. And because it's so pockety, that's the tough part because guys, and we kind of see this with deer cast, you know, say, say it's saying it's, you know, through this stretch, it's poor, it's bad. Mark, you and I looked at it and looked at the algorithm and we're kind of trying to think like, all right, what's going on here? Why is it saying, I mean, the temperatures and the pressure, and there's a lot of reasons, but you get a guy that's like, Hey, it said bad. And I killed a deer this morning. It's like, okay, it is the rut. It can still happen. And so I feel like this EHD topic is kind of similar. It's like, yes, it's bad in your area. Could be, it's bad in a lot of areas, but there might be people out there listening. Like, man, I'm seeing great movement and activity, and yeah, it's it's pockety. It's it's always been that way. It could it, you could have been missed. <laughs> luckily, it, it is. Uh, I will say this: I feel like the algorithm in terms of what we're seeing on a daily basis, we have a lot of cell cams out and it's as accurate as it's ever been, man. It has been spot on for us in terms of it's, it's been on top of the days that have been worth hunting and it's been right on top of the days not worth hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this time of year, anything can happen. If you got a day, yeah. if you, you yeah. know, people are taking their rutcation time. Sure. Go hunt. Mark's saying hunt harder, hunt longer. It might take more, but it can happen. It's just, it's a lot harder to find those big mature bucks mm-hmm. walking daylight during this period. Yeah. Or, or see many deer, you know, it just makes it a little tougher. Yeah. 
All right. Speaking of the Rack Pack, we are going to welcome some new Rack Pack members. So lately here, Tim's allowed me to be an admin. For so, now. So I've been able to go in and approve all the new members. It's pretty funny we, to <laughs> listen to or to read the um, answers they give yeah. to the entry mm -hmm. questions. Most of them are kind of like this shout out where it's like, I like, uh, I like the self deprecating humor. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I love the expert guests and, and, their, and their education mm -hmm. and the, and the BS stories. And I had a guy and he was older. Cause I looked at his profile. He's like, I like the fart sounds. <laughs> he's like, I'm five, I'm uh, 50 years old and I still get a kick out of the fart sounds. It's like, ah, I got yeah, one. It's universal. <laughs> so, if you're a guy, it's universal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily that's our audience. <laughs> All right. So here's the new members. We got Peyton major, Levi Lazier, Kyle Wheeler, Gerald E tag soup, Gerald E tag soup. I think is the fake name this week. We got could be. Dalton Brazel, Hunter Smith. That could be fake. Steven, Chris, Corey, Cameron, that also seems odd. Mm -hmm. Joshua Traverse and Peyton Mattis. Guys, we didn't, I didn't read any ladies in there. Guys, welcome to the Rack Pack. I hope you enjoy. We've seen quite the influx in members here. Yeah, 2.4K. Not bad. Yeah, a lot of cool. The, it's What's cool about it are the hero shots we're seeing. Oh, one guy uh, had a video of his kill and he needed advice. Uh, this was really neat. This was a couple of days ago and the shot looked great. And he was having trouble figuring out what he hit. And I think on the blood trail and lost the deer, something, something like that. And even Forrest and Terry came there, came in there mm -hmm. with some advice. And, and Perry a lot of jumped people, in too. Perry, yeah. So he found the deer. Uh, so it was neat. It was, it looked like a great shot too, but it, for whatever reason, ran a long Just way. Never know. Just so know. yeah, yeah. It's, it's neat to see that kind of stuff. That's mm -hmm. what the group's kind of made for. I'm kind of over all the hero pictures. <laughs> I enjoy I, it still. I don't care about their kills. I mean, I've been looking at everybody else's hero <laughs> pictures. So. I'm not looking some more. Yeah. Uh, all Mark. right, Mark. Well, hey, thanks for bringing uh, the the dose of reality. I know, I know. It, you know, we talked. What we talked about is a lot of kind of downer stuff, but it's the reality of what we're facing right now. And, and you know, maybe it gives people a little more hope that they're not alone here and that this is that there's more going on uh, that's going into this really tough deer season than just what they're doing or not doing any parting yeah. words no just good luck and hunt hard put more hours in if you want to succeed i think it's going to take a few more this year than years past but you can still do it it's going to take you a little bit longer all right well, so we'll do. Tim, we're gonna to have Here to hunt a little harder <laughs> i'm leaving the office right now all right <laughs> bye all right thanks mark we appreciate you everybody until next time be careful wear your safety harnesses if you're hunting with a rifle a firearm please identify your target wear your hunter's orange mm -hmm. and be safe out there till next time peace out DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.